You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. Instead of thinking about going, oh, I gotta have another day. Oh my gosh, I gotta go through another day. Wake up and go, what are the glorious possibilities that God wants to do today? Let me open it up as I walk through my life. Let me open up all these wonderful things that God wants to do. And let Him show me all these wonders and all these beautiful things that He has in store for me. Now there's power in that, folks. There's power in the Holy Spirit. We need to have the power of the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, you cannot feel God's purpose and God's plan. Our perspective on our day can change when we focus not on ourselves, but on what God can do in and through us. Pastor Dave encourages all of us today to take hold of the power of the Holy Spirit as soon as we wake up in the morning, asking Him to show us how we can make an impact for God's kingdom. And here's Pastor Dave in the book of Acts chapter 1 as he continues his message, You Shall Be Witnesses. Witness, a key word in the book of Acts. A key word is used no less than 29 times. 29 times the word witness is used in the book of Acts. What does it mean to be a witness? What is a witness? Well, our buddy Webster defines witness as a person who saw or who can give firsthand account of something that happened. A witness is someone who tells what they've seen or what they've heard. In Acts 4, 19 through 20, Peter and John are being questioned by the Sanhedrin. They're before the council, and they're being chastised because they've spoken the name of Jesus Christ. And the council is saying, don't speak in the name of Jesus. Don't speak. And this is how they answer, Acts 4, 19 to 20. This is how they answer. Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. In other words, they're saying, we cannot help but be witnesses. We've seen it. We've heard it. We cannot help but to be witnesses. When we're given the power of the Holy Spirit, we cannot help but be witnesses. We cannot help to show the witness because the Spirit testifies of Jesus Christ. That's one of the things that the Spirit does. Jesus told the disciples, when He, the Helper, comes, He will testify of me. The Spirit will testify. Everybody's talking about Philly's game. Doc Holliday pitches a no-hitter. Woo-hoo! I'm sure those of you who saw it on TV, you were amazed that you could do this twice in a year and how it was. And then they started talking about how Don Larson did it 54 years ago. And then they found this guy who was in the Atlantic City Press who was a witness to both games. He was present at both games. He was at the World Series game when Don Larson pitched the no-hitter perfect game. And he was also at the Phillies game when Doc Holliday pitched the no-hitter. He was a witness. He saw it firsthand. And he was telling everybody, you're witnesses if you watch it on TV. You're witnesses. And I'm sure you've talked about, hey, how about that game? Wow. How about that? How about those Phillies? That's what a witness does. They tell you those things. They tell you what's happening. The Holy Spirit within you tells you those things and tells you about your own lives. But you might be saying, well, this is great. These guys were disciples. You know, they actually saw Jesus. 
They actually touched Jesus. They actually heard his voice audibly. They ate with him. I mean, it's 2,000 years since, Dave. What do you expect from us? Well, I expect no less. What do I expect from you? What's your witness of Jesus Christ? What is the witness of Jesus Christ that you have? If you're born again into a lively hope, everyone has been touched by Jesus Christ. Everyone can tell them exactly what Jesus Christ has done in your life, and that's the witness. The witness is, I once was this. Now, I'm this. That's the witness. Jesus took me from here to here. You can be this witness of what Jesus has done in your life. You know, when you're a witness in the court of law, you stand in the court of law and the judge comes out, he passes the Bible around, I swear to tell the whole truth, you know, all that neat stuff. He doesn't want to hear what you know. He wants to hear what you saw. What was the witness? He doesn't care about your ideas. He doesn't care about your opinions. He wants to know what you know about this person, what you saw about this person. What can you tell people about Jesus Christ in your lives? I'll never forget the very first Greg Laurie crusade back in 19, I think it was 97, 6, when he, Greg Laurie comes to Philly. And we're all training to be counselors on the field after everybody comes down and Greg Laurie gives a message. And we're all going, what can we say? What can we do? And the man who was training us said, what do you mean what can you say? What do you mean what you can do? Tell them what Jesus did in your life. That's the best witness possible. Tell somebody what Jesus did in your life. I went, oh, well, that makes sense. Therefore, I become an eyewitness of what Jesus did in my life. I've seen it personally. I've been there. I've done that. I know exactly what he did. I know exactly where I was and where he came to. And this is scriptural. This is really scriptural. Because remember the blind guy? <laughs> there was a blind guy that was healed by Jesus. And then the Sanhedrin and all the gang were, were on him. And they were yelling at him, what do you mean? You must have, your parents sinned. You're nothing but a sinner. How can you not be blind anymore? You've been blind since birth. And in John 9, 25, he says, one thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. He didn't have to know anything else. That was the witness. He didn't have to know anything else about Jesus. He didn't even know who Jesus was. He didn't even know Jesus' name. He didn't, because I don't know who this Jesus is. Remember, then Jesus walks to him and says, I'm Jesus. Oh, you're the guy. Thanks a lot. He didn't even know who he was, but he knew he had been healed. He knew he could see again. We know who Jesus is. Our lives have been changed because of Jesus Christ. Our lives are new and are now moving forward in Jesus Christ. Will you always be that witness? Well, no. Sometimes you're going to fail. I failed. Sometimes you're not going to get it right. But God gets it right all the time. And God gets it right every time. And you'll never fail with Him. So the best witness of all is what God has done in your life. The best witness that you can tell someone is what has happened to you. It's funny that the word that we get from, that, that translates witness in our language, from the Greek, martyr. Oh, yeah. The word martyr. Uh-oh, I don't want to be a witness. No, I'll step back from that. Many people of God have sealed their witness by laying down their lives. By being martyrs. I can't help but think of Stephen, the first martyr, witnessing Jesus Christ and calling out, I see the Lord standing in heaven, opening up the doors as they stone him. I can't think of Rachel Scott, 17-year-old girl from Columbine High School, who facing down a gun borrow. You believe in God? Yes. 
bam, she was dead. Not all witnessing leads to death. Not all witnessing leads to death. But you know what? Not all witnessing leads to salvation either. There's a difference between witnessing and evangelizing. There's a difference. In Ephesians 4, verse 11, it says that God has called some to be apostles, some to be pastors, teachers, and evangelists. God has given the gift of evangelism to some people. Certainly, Billy Graham has the gift of evangelism. Certainly, Greg Laurie has the gift of evangelism. Some of you may have the gift of evangelism. But we've all been called to be witnesses. We've all been called to be witnesses. And just because you witness your life to somebody, and just because you tell somebody about Jesus Christ, we get all deflated and all upset when the person doesn't accept Jesus right there on the spot. And you can't understand why. Maybe I did something wrong. Maybe I didn't hit him hard enough with this thing on the head. No, you're called to be a witness. That's what we're called to be as witnesses. Jesus said, and you will be my witnesses. Our lives speak volumes into their lives. We tell them what Jesus did in our lives, and they're drawn to Jesus. You may witness to somebody all your life, and that person may never during your lifetime accept Jesus Christ. You don't know when, though, they'll be sitting someplace, and the message will come out, and they'll think of you. Oh, yeah. This is what they meant. No wonder their lives were so different. I always thought there was something different about them. Wow. And the Holy Spirit, remember the Holy Spirit is with the world? The Holy Spirit with the world, convicting of sin, righteousness, and judgment. The Holy Spirit, that with, that para experience we talked about, where the Holy Spirit is convicting people, it's the Holy Spirit's job to bring people to salvation, not yours. Your job is to be a witness. That's what this says. And we will be witnesses. Now, if the word comes around and all of a sudden you feel led to push it further and this person seems willing, sure, salvation can come from that. Absolutely. Go with the flow. Go with what the Holy Spirit is doing in your lives. Move forward into a salvation message. And who knows, they might get saved right there on the spot. It's a wonderful thing when you're talking to someone and all of a sudden you're leading them to the Lord. But your job is to be a witness. A lot of talk about soul winning. A lot of talk about getting those notches on your belt. Even when I was down in the Billy Graham, down in Katrina, every single day we had to fill out, we had to fill out all kinds of paperwork on how many people we talked to, how many people we prayed with, how many people we gave literature to, and their addresses, and, and how many people accepted the Lord. And after the first day, it was really great. What a relief. We were so pleased. Because, you know, as a Christian, you think that your job is to win souls. You think your job is to go out there and save as many people as you can. And after the first day of Katrina, you know, we're down there, and we're praying with people. I mean, we must have prayed with almost 200 people that day. And we prayed for all these people and stuff like that. And we got back to the shed, and we're sitting around after dinner, and we have this debriefing time. And we're all sitting there together, and we have this paperwork, and this higher-up guy from Billy Graham comes in. He sits down with us, and he's having a cup of coffee. He says, well, let me see the paperwork. We give him his paperwork, and he looks at this, and he looked at us, and looked at this, and he looked at us, and looked at this, and he said, wait a minute. So you prayed with almost 200 people, and not one person made a profession of faith with Jesus Christ? We went, well, uh, no. He went, happens that way sometimes, doesn't it? I was so relieved. I was so relieved. I thought he was going to say, get out. You can't come back here anymore. I was so relieved. But no, not always your witness is always going to lead to salvation. 
It's not always going to happen. Pray that it would. That would be wonderful. That would be absolutely wonderful, but it's not always going to happen. So without the power of the Holy Spirit, we cannot be witnesses. Just like that locomotive pulling that train. Without the steam, it doesn't go anywhere. So we need the power of God's Holy Spirit that enables us to do the purpose which he empowered us to be witnesses because God has a plan. God has a plan, and it brings us to the last and final part of the message. His plan continues today. God's plan says that you shall be witness of me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. The rest of the verse, we clearly see God's plan for those who are filled with the Holy Spirit. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And this is exactly what happened to the disciples. You look at the book of Acts. In fact, the entire book of Acts is chronicled here in this passage because 3,000 people got saved in Jerusalem the first day. And it talks about the gospel message in Jerusalem in chapters 1 through 7. Then they share the message in Judea and Samaria in chapters 8 and 9. And then the entire rest of the book is spent all the way from 10 to chapter 28 about Paul going to the outermost portions of the world. So here you see God's plan for us. This is God's plan. And you look at this movement of the Holy Spirit, we see the Spirit constantly moving the disciples out of their comfort zone. It says, get out of your comfort zone. Move out of your comfort zone into the regions of the world. And he even scatters them around through persecution, we're going to find out. Because they don't want to leave Jerusalem because it's nice and comfy in Jerusalem and there's a great revival going on here. Why should I leave? Look at people being saved left and right. 2,000 this day, 3,000 that day. This is a wonderful thing you're doing, Lord. Um, I want you to go down here. What? There's a revival going on here. No, no, I want you to go down here. And you go down there and another revival starts because of the witness that he's called you to be. But he uses persecution to separate the disciples. Starting on day one, and he continued throughout the region. We read time and time again, the gospel message spreads and it touches the lives of everybody else. We can apply this truth now to our own lives and to our own ministries. We should see the Holy Spirit now working in a similar way. The Holy Spirit should be working in a similar way in our lives. Jerusalem should be affected first. Well, wait a minute, I don't live in Jerusalem. No, but you live in North Cape May. This is our Jerusalem. It starts where you live first, in your home, with your family, with your friends, with those people you're connected with. This is our Jerusalem. And we start here, witnessing here. We're to be witnesses here, right where you live. Where have you been called? To whom have you been called to? You've been called to your families. You've been called to your friends. You've been called to your church people, the ones you love. These are the people who are closest to you. The Lord has put burdens on your heart. Then as our neighborhoods and cities are starting to be reached, we might begin moving outward towards the rest of the county. Cape May is a pretty big county, and there's 20 other counties in New Jersey besides Cape May. So we start moving out and branching out, and God's word starts spreading out that way. That becomes Judea, and that becomes Samaria as we start moving out to the entire ends of the earth or the world. And you go, how does that happen? Internet. We start streaming our services live, and then somebody in Hungary can tune in to the services from Calvary Chapel, Cape May, and they can hear the Word of God. And you reach the outermost ports into the world for God. That's how it's done. But you got to start here. you got to start where we live. This is our Jerusalem, and this is where we want it to begin, right here. We support missionaries, you know. John and Cheryl Steubing are in Panama right now. They were here just a couple weeks ago. They're in Panama right now. 
We support Christy and Jeremy Foster, who are in England right now. We've been supporting them for a long time. These are our missionaries. They're in the outermost portions of the world doing God's work, being witnesses of Jesus Christ out there to the ends of the earth. The greatest thing about the expansion plan of God is that we don't have to strive because it's God's design. We're not striving to do this. It will happen in a naturally supernatural way as the Holy Spirit moves. As we experience the Holy Spirit in our lives, our ministries will grow. Your ministries will grow. I have a ministry? Yes. You've all been called to be witnesses. You've all been called to serve the Lord. Ministry means service. That's all it means. Service. Being filled with the Holy Spirit and having the enabling power of God will cause us to be ready to answer God's calling. Some of you have told me, I feel God's calling on my life. I know God has wanted me to do something. What does he want you to do? Well, I don't know. He's called you to be a witness first. He's called you to be a witness. Please don't go out without his power. Please don't even try to go without his power. As Christians, you and I ought to be living out the story of God's grace, Jesus' grace and love, and power everywhere we go. But does that thought overwhelm you? Does that thought make you feel like you're on a Christian treadmill? Are you worn out by trying to live up to holy standards of somebody else? Are you worn out by trying to live up to the holy standards that you've placed on yourself? If so, you shouldn't be. Because the Christian life has simply become too lofty for you to maintain on a daily basis. Nice that you feel this way as a young Christian, that I always had to focus on what God was doing, what I needed to do for God, and what was happening. I never was able to live up to my expectations. Expectations are killers. Living up to your own expectations, let alone somebody other expectations that somebody throws on you. I needed the power. I, ne- I wasn't pleasing God, but it was available. If I would only yield to the power of the Holy Spirit. So I began to think about being a Christian. I thought, man, it's just too hard. It's just too hard. It doesn't work. Oh, I was so far from the truth. I was so far from the truth. But the reality in my life was the Christian life wasn't working. It wasn't working. But the good news is that the Holy Spirit is available to all who believe and to all who ask. In Him, we have unlimited resources, which enable us to live the Christian life. God never intended us to be left alone. He never intended us to do this by ourselves. He never intended it to happen that way. God always provides the power that's necessary for you to do anything He asks you to do. Anything He might ask you to do, He's going to provide you the power to do it. He's asked you to be His witnesses. He's providing the power through His Holy Spirit. No matter if the world has scarred us or not, no matter if the world has caused us to become faint because of the past, no matter of what sin that has gripped us, our lives, His life will redeem us. His grace is sufficient for us. His sacrifice is complete. And if we let Him, He will unfold it each passing day, this beautiful story that He has authored for your lives. One day I was sitting at a pastor's conference and Joe was giving the devotional. And it was so cool. It's impacted me so much. It's been well over 10, 15 years since I've heard this. But he talked about it and he prayed about us waking up each morning and opening up the wonders that God had in store for us that day. What a wonderful thing to think about when you wake up. Instead of thinking about going, oh, i got to have another day. Oh, my gosh, i got to go through another day. Wake up and go, what are the glorious possibilities that God wants to do today? 
Let me open it up as I walk through my life. Let me open up all these wonderful things that God wants to do and let him show me all these wonders and all these beautiful things that he has in store for me. Now, there's power in that, folks. There's power in the Holy Spirit. We need to have the power of the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, you cannot fill God's purpose and God's plan. It's as simple as that. Well, let me ask you, do you have that transforming power in your lives today? Do you have God's power to enable you to live your life? Do you understand God's purpose and His plan? If you've answered no to any of these questions, please ask the Lord to fill you with His Holy Spirit. Please ask Him to have your Spirit come upon you. Please silently say, Lord, I want your Holy Spirit. I guarantee you will not run up around the room yelling and screaming and hollering doing cartwheels. But I can guarantee you will feel power that you've never felt before. The power to live a life that you were meant to live. I've said this a million times, but in chapter 10 of the Gospel of John, verse 10, Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. This is the life he's talking about. The life filled with the Holy Spirit, a life of joy, a life of peace that can only come from having the Holy Spirit in your life. You could start turning the world upside down. You could start turning your neighborhood upside down. Now, before you get real excited about that, let me tell you that when they said this about the disciples, it was not a compliment. We think, oh, what a great compliment. How wonderful. But when they said it about the disciples, they changed everything. They changed the way people thought, the way people viewed politics, the way people viewed religion. They turned it completely upside down. But it's a good thing when we're turning it upside down for God. What a wonderful thing. Our cities turned upside down. Our cities, I've heard it said time and time again. Some of you have even said it. We need revival here. Absolutely. Would that God would cause a revival here. And I've said it back to you many times. Revival begins in the house of the Lord. Revival begins in each heart that's represented here today. Revival begins by opening up that heart and looking at the Holy Spirit and say, come in to my life now. I can't go another minute without you. If you've accepted him, And if you've got the Holy Spirit in your lives, maybe it's leaked out. Maybe you need more because the Scripture says, be ye being filled. It's a constant filling of the Holy Spirit. It's just not a one-time shot. I got the Holy Spirit. Don't need Him no more. You have to constantly be filled, constantly be empowered. That locomotive, that steam engine, guess what? They run out of coal. They run out of coal. They run out of water to make the steam. They've got to refuel. It's no different than us. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives to live the life that we've been asked to live, to walk the walk we've been asked to do, and to answer God's call in ministry. Answer God's call right here in North Cape May, right here in your backyard with your neighbor, with your family, right here. Scripture tells us that God does not want anyone to perish. Shouldn't this be our wish as well? How will they know unless someone is sent You shall be witnesses of me, Jesus said. You shall be witnesses of me. Let's start today. Let's start today being filled with the Holy Spirit. And let's start being witnesses for Him. The stories you've been hearing about Peter, Paul, Stephen, and the many other followers of Jesus are meant to inspire you and encourage you These brave people lived long ago and had the privilege of seeing the gospel message spread from its point of origin, Jesus himself. 
Their testimony and diligence in spreading the good news of hope and new life changed hearts and saved countless people, and continues on even today through the writings and Acts and the rest of the New Testament. However, the lives you were studying weren't without trial. Each disciple of Jesus faced persecution in some form, yet it never swayed them to abandon their faith. What difficulties are you facing for Jesus now? Don't lose heart. Remember that you're sharing the truth and that the truth can set people free. You have the Savior of the world on your side, and He will stand with you through every trial and triumph. We're so glad you joined us for today's edition of Assure Hope as we continue to study the book of Acts with Pastor Dave Shank. If you'd like to listen to more teachings, we invite you to visit our website, assurehoperadio.com. Feel free to download and share Pastor Dave's teachings or subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Are you in the Cape May area? If so, we want to meet you. Come join us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Calvary Chapel, Cape May to learn more from the Word, sing praises to your Lord, and fellowship with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Find out more at assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for joining us today on Assure Hope. Rescued us.